Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen, to another episode of Sports Tech Atlanta Seed Talk. I'm your host, Taylor Mack, joined by Sterling Mack over there in the West Coast. They say it's the best coast, but that's still up for debate. We, uh, we're coming back with our, our, our second episode of the month. Uh, still, it's, it's big with playoffs uh, and with playoffs. You've had some upsets when it comes to NBA and NHL. You might be able to experience some of these games, though, virtually uh, in the NHL. I mean, specifically, I want to go back to the Boston Bruins losing to the Florida Panthers. That was in comparison to, you know, when the Pats were having the, you know, the season that they had um, a historic season. And then you get bounced out, especially in the first round, which is which is just wild. Um, but you can experience a lot of stuff right now. I mean. We were talking before we started about AI, but what you're able to do virtually. Uh, there's some there's some cool things that are being rolled out for experiences for a lot of these games. Uh, but before we jump in, Sterling, how you doing? I'm good, man. I'm good. It is the best coast. Uh, that should be mm-hmm. that should be noted. There, you know, beaches, mountains, a lot to do. It is. It truly is the best coast. But uh, I'm good, man. I'm I'm excited about this. This will be kind of cool to kind of dive into. We've talked about, I think, virtual experiences a couple times, um, especially the NBA meta one. But, you know, the Roblox for NHL, to your point, kind of popped up on my screen. Are you, let me, I mean, are you like a, I don't, I know you don't, I don't think you follow the NHL during the regular season, but are you like a playoff NHL guy? I am, Sterling. Um, I am a... I'm a casual during the regular season. I'll be honest. Yep. You know, I'm a, I'm a as loose of the term for casual as it can be. But you know, hey, you know, we I, I just didn't grow up with it. You know who I blame? Uh, I blame the other the last commissioner because they took away the Atlanta Thrashers. I would be a huge hockey guy if Atlanta originally would have been able to keep the Thrashers. Instead, they sent them to Winnipeg to become the dang Winnipeg Jets. Just it's it's ridiculous. So yeah, I'm a casual, but but they, it turns up. In uh, in the playoffs, I try my best though. I do. I try my best to watch it through and through. I might flip back and forth, but I, I get in there. I do need to go to a game, though, because I've heard playoff hockey is some of the best experiences you could ever have at a sporting event, uh, bar none, from 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 folks that are unbiased in, in this space as well. Yeah. So uh, I do like playoff hockey, and it was cool, but also not cool to see, like, with the Bruins loss, because a part of me was like, all right, I don't have the Thrashers, but being in the Northeast, it'd be cool to experience, you know, a championship from a team that, you know, I, I really have no affiliation with and I got no problems with. And then that happened of losing a three to one series to the Florida Panthers. It's tough. And then the other side of me was like, hold on. Yeah, they deserve this. All that trash I was talking about, 28 to three. Now you had a Southern team come up here and put you put you on your butts like that. I was like, you know, uh, you know, my my uh, dark Kermit side was definitely loving that fact. But uh, I was torn a little bit just because I would have loved to see the celebration. But also now y'all get to experience that pain. I can roll these jokes off of three to one where you had 28 to three. It wasn't Super Bowl, but you were on the championship path. Now you ain't got nothing, nothing, nunchon. Uh, except now you can enjoy it and watch it on Roblox with uh, uh, the virtual world for the rest of these games. 
Yeah, um, I'm same. I'm not a huge hockey guy during the regular season. I think playoff hockey is amazing to experience. I went to a San Jose Sharks uh, playoff game back in like 2018 or 19, which was unbelievable. Um, yeah, and so wh- while we wanted to highlight this, like to your point, like the playoffs are going on. I think it's you know it's tough for the NHL and the NBA, right? It's 82 games. And so how do you get fans excited and truly kind of excited around this time? And I think it's really cool with what they both are doing. So with the NHL, uh, they've launched a virtual experience through the Roblox platform. If you're not um, familiar with Roblox, they were acquired by Microsoft, uh, I think back in 2021. Uh, they've truly built out this. Uh, Taylor kind of describes it as like a Minecraft kind of uh, world, right? They're truly kind of its own world that it's really very Gen Z-ish. Uh, you kind of go in, you get your own avatar. It's it's truly its own kind of place, and, and there's games kind of built off of the Roblox platform. So um, what the NHL has done is they've integrated into that and launched uh, something called NHL Blast, uh, which allows fans to participate in five-on-five hockey games and socialize with other players using their digital avatars. Um, the experience eventually will offer animated recreations of key moments from real-life NHL matches using data captured by the league's puck and player tracking, which is the PPT system, uh, and visualized by Sony Sports Sports immersive content specialist beyond sports. Uh, so I think really cool here what they're doing. And then the NBA has meta, right? And so what you can do through meta is you can actually go in using the Oculus headsets and you can sit courtside. We've talked about this previously, but I think it's really cool when you're really thinking about it, right? And um, yeah, I talked about it on the last pod, right? The fact that tickets are so expensive at times for some of these for some of these games, what's amazing when they do broadcast or they do have this, uh, this VR option is to be able to go in and be virtual. Right now, different than what NHL is doing, right? That's a that's an avatar and you're in the Roblox platform. This is you being able to sit courtside throughout different levels of courtside, right? You don't have you don't have to like stay in one section. You could go behind the basket. You can go across where the bench is. You can go to where the celebrities are like you get all of these different angles and you can be courtside watching the action through your Oculus headset, which is super cool. So what do you think about these two, Taylor? Yeah, I mean, I, I think it's pretty cool. So obviously it's more rudimentary in, in watching through Roblox because it's more of the updates while you're playing. Uh, and then they're going to incorporate, obviously, the live motion or the live animation of, uh, you know, characters recreating those moments and games. So it, it gives you more, it, it gears towards the younger fan that is used to, you know, these multiplayer online worlds and communities where, you know, you're just coming together, talking about the game. You might have the game on the background in your in your you know, man, I was going to say man cave or whatever, wherever your, your, your space is that you're playing your game. Your space. Um, yeah. Your area. Your, your, your area. Um, cause I don't, I don't, I don't know if a lot of people in the man cave have Roblox rolling. Cause I like I said, it's going towards, I think more of a younger, younger crowd to bring them into the game. Like how do you get this? Yeah. How do you target a market that, um, has been pretty indifferent so far and, and, and get into their space so that they can really become a new consumer. And so I think it's a it's a cool thing that they're doing there. And then on top of that, with with NBA and Meta, uh, I do like it. But my question about both of these Roblox, obviously, it has more of the community feel. But for an early rollout, and I know we talked on the last pod about, you know, if I can take a, a Roy, a Roy term being disruptors. 
dis- disruptors in the market. Yeah. And these that's what this this technology is doing this because VR, you have to put on a big clunky headset. Yeah. There has to be a point where you can make this more seamless of like, oh yeah, you guys want to watch the game on uh 8K and there, you know, like we're sitting courtside, boom, let's just throw on glasses and go from there. It's technology that's down the road. Don't know how you know how we end up getting there, but that's what I think you need to have from an ease of use because um, you know, I was looking at and reading some interviews, and you know, some people were hesitant to like, I want to have the gigantic uh Q uh, sorry, uh VR headset on, and you know, now you're kind of lonesome by yourself. Although you're with, uh, you could be out with other people a little bit. You're experiencing something that others around you cannot. So yeah. it takes you away from, you know, your live viewing experiences that you might be having with people that are with you. So I, I like where it's going. I'm just hesitant for how it's initially released. But then you you ask yourself, like, how else can they do it? You know, that is, I agree with you, right? And you think about second screen viewing and something we talk about all the time, right? And in especially with the NBA where you have Twitter being a part of the conversation and the Twitter recently has changed the algorithm and all that. It's been a little different if you're like watching a game live and trying to interact with like your favorite Twitter follows, but I'm with you. The tough thing with that is that you've got this headset on at some point. I'm sure we'll get down to like the glasses or those type of things. Right. But right now we've got a headset from a VR perspective. Um, but that does take you away from like other things you might want to do. And even during a game, even a game that I'm like super locked in on, I still kind of like, you might want to go check something else or, or flip a channel. Right. Like, you know, to your point, there are all these game sevens the other day in, in hockey, right? As the Warriors Kings games going off, you might want to flip. You're like flipping a little bit. So like if you just have the headset on, it takes some of that ability away. Or if right. you've got to your point, like a man cave, as you kind of started off the segment, right? You've got multiple TVs or multiple things you're doing, or you might be in your living room chipping or punting, putting or whatever, right? And so if you have a headset on, it changes some of that, like what you do functionally as you watch a game. So I'm sure right. at some point we'll get, it'll it'll change but right now you know if if you want to have that 180 degree virtual experience right now from from a courtside perspective the best way for you to do it without spending thousands of dollars is is to lock in on that that oculus headset all right well let's i mean let's talk to the bigger side of especially staying with meta so in 2022 meta lost 13.7 billion on reality labs yo yeah at what point do they have to pivot? And I understand when you're looking, when you're being a disruptor, when you're being dynamic, when you're when yeah. you're trying to ex- when you're trying to accelerate, uh, yeah. when you're when you are trying to do those things, you're gonna take some L's before obviously you get it right officially, and then you can then start seeing some dividends start paying off from it. But thirteen point seven billion, I understand Zuckerberg got some billions under him, and he makes money as as the seconds tick away, but. To your shareholders, that's just a, a huge red flag. Do you see these losses being able to cripple the future for VR, AR, and the meta world from the Roy Halliday, if I have the first name right, from um, the Steve, uh, gosh, Steve Spielberg movie? Uh, still, uh, yeah, the Spielberg movie. Uh, yeah, Ready Player One. Ready Player One, and you know, trying to make you know that a reality so do you do you see with these losses that it might be curtailed for the future of meta and then you see meta going away or do you think he's 10 it's you're this far in with your 10 toes down there's no there's no change in course if you believe this is the future 
I don't think their change obviously reduced the amount of people there, right? I believe um, in their layoffs last year, a large portion of it, or like a lion's share of it, was in their Reality Labs division. Mm-hmm. Um, but no, I mean, they're still launching their next generation headset here in 2023. And then I believe in 2025 is when the glasses come out. So they still have a roadmap for how this works. I think in this, we hit this on the last pod, right? Where it's trust, trust and distrust. I think what happened, they went all in so fast. And then when Zuckerberg did that one announcement, or maybe it was like a town hall or whatever it was. And the figures looked like you were in like Sim city. People were it like, was, it was we bowling awful. Yeah. <laughs> right. You're like, wait, there's other and, products out there that are way farther advanced than you are. Right. Yeah. So no, I don't think that the vision has changed. I think the speed in which they are trying to get there has changed a little bit. Right. Yeah. On Oculus themselves, they've done a little bit better. Like the headset, they've got more games now on there as well. So I think that's helped um, to kind of seed that product. It's all about that, right? You've got to get people into the adoption of the product, right? Or again, using that word seeding, you got to seed the product and get people into into being use cases and users and word of mouth and all that type of stuff that happens with this type of thing. So, yeah, I mean, the tough thing right now for people, to your point, is the headset putting on a headset and like locking in for a long period of time just isn't isn't what people want to do with their time especially because we're so connected to our phones and tiktok and instagram and all that type of stuff right but i do think there's still a roadmap for what meta has discovered here is that ai and all of this is truly still coming but in what speed do they get there i think is now their you know how do they how do they look at it right so their Q1 um, earnings report, they did lose 3.99 billion in the first quarter, um, but it seems like that gap, or it, it was less than uh, the fourth quarter in Q2. Sorry, in 2022. So look at that, it kind of as a, a, a little bit of a positive. But the um, generated revenue was down last quarter, so they only made they only uh, brought in 339 million versus the 727 million that they had. But you have to look at 727 million in Q4 with uh, you look at kind of at a grain of salt a little bit because obviously it's the holiday season. It's more of a higher buying propensity to buy. So I, I think 339 could still be looked at as a strong number. I mean, still you're pulling in. Yeah, you're at half. Uh, yeah, but um, again, I think okay. that's the tough thing, right? Like they they have to invest with with the ex- expectation of losses, right? Because consumers have not adapted to virtual reality. And this goes really back to when they bought like the VR back in like 2014. They were a little slow. We've been, I think, slow just in general of getting virtual reality to the market and getting people comfortable with like what it looks like and wearing a headset and all those type of things. Because of that, now you're trying to like, you're trying to force feed this into the market. And it's just not, that's just not going to happen. Right. Mm -hmm. And I do to your point, right? Like the math doesn't work from like a profitability perspective yet, Mm -hmm. but I think they're comfortable with that. I think they know that they're going to have continue to have losses, probably 23 and in 24. Again, when the glasses come out, 
and the glasses start to look like something James Bond has, and it's got second screen ability, and you can look at your your Twitter feed while also like watching something in VR. When that hits the market here in twenty five, now you're now you're different, right? But you again, you've got to get people used. At some point, people just have to get used to like what is virtual reality, right? Yeah. And I think that's where they've, in my opinion, again, I think they tried to go too fast, but I think that's where they failed in trying to just get people comfortable with it because you're going to have all these different iterations and all these advancements at some point, but you just got to get people like, oh, I want to go do that tonight when I'm sitting at home on a Friday night instead of going out or something. So so right now, I mean, the, the cool thing with Meta that I think, and I, I agree with you on the negative that you just pointed out, um, you know, because I'm, I'm pretty, I've been, I've been hard on Meta. I, I'll be honest. I've been, I've been, I've been hard. Sure. You know, I, I because right. I see the other side because I got common sense. Matt got the big brain, but uh, like so, I agree with your for what you yeah. just said on on the negative there. But on the positive side, or or would you say without Meta and their push for Metaverse? Mm-hmm. Sorry, Facebook and their push for Metaverse. However, you want to say yeah. it, just trying to be official. Yeah. That the marketplace wouldn't be where it is without them keeping the constant news, whether as bad as it is um but you know there's no such thing as bad publicity at the end of the day and so with these announcements you're still having people push for that technology and for that advancements in the in the in that development there i i kind of parallel i said similar to with elon um you know however you however you think about him but for him constantly being in the news for for two things one was tesla originally in the ev market when it comes to to cars and then now what you're seeing obviously space and SpaceX, um, it's a singular company, but there's not like you can compete without major hemorrhaging in, in revenue losses. Obviously, Virgin yeah. Galactic shut down their operations. He literally got his uh, Brant- Branson uh, got his one ride in, yeah. yeah, and they're done. But yeah. it did spur in the moment from him, Bezos, a billionaire competition for who can get to space, but what you're being able to do with scientists and being able to have better advancements. So, but, but for meta, uh, it has kept it out there, but do you see this being a shortcoming for their IP? If they do hit it right, like you said, with the glasses and you have your IP with these intellectual property, with these glasses, do you see them going in the route of a Elon Musk in the way that he's withheld the battery technology so for Tesla, because that's where Tesla's strength is, is with their batteries. No, um, I think a different, different beast, right? Mm-hmm. I think with this, you want, obviously they've got proprietary technology. And again, what's going to come out here in 2023 is their mixed reality headset. Mm-hmm. So what the hope is, as you get to 2025, is you've now got glasses that take you into a mixed reality, right? And so I don't, there's a game, forget the name of the game that I saw recently, but it's like essentially puts you into Call of Duty, right? That's what you're hoping for. This is what we're all hoping for, right? The, I would the, love that. It'd be amazing. This new, well, there's actually, there, there is a game coming out that looks like that. You actually are like, it's pretty cool. Till you get virtually teabagged, because that's what kids. I don't. I couldn't. I couldn't handle that. I would have to find you out on the street. You ain't doing that to my avatar. Uh, uh, yeah, we. Yeah, we. No, we're we're we're. You're catching well, I'm hands. Th- but, I'm throwing hands. But yeah. So, but that one, like, you're locked into like this almost as if you were like 
uh, this immersive experience where you're like locked into seriously like a ready player one that's what they've kind of built out right right so what what med is hoping is that you can carve out a space in your living room or your man cave or wherever you've got these glasses on and now you're into this different world and you're able to move and do different things right to your question about the technology and are they going to try to withhold or do certain things again you need people in it right mm -hmm. and you need a They've got so much, obviously they went through layoffs and other things. They've gone through losses here recently. The stock price has plummeted, those type of things. Those, those, those are all true. They still have cash, right? Yeah. And like companies like them or Amazon, at the end of the day, what they're going to try to do is buy you. So if you can figure out a way to do it, right, they're just going to, they're just going to absorb you because they mm -hmm. want more people again into this right now that i've heard of companies in europe starting to figure this out at the end of the day i i think it's different than what elon's done right and now and there's so much litigation and elon's been very smart about it right where like the thing that he realized that tesla truly wasn't is a car company what tesla right. became right is a technology and data company right so that's that's why there was a hoarding of that and all the stuff that he, that's gone on with the battery cells and, you know, the gigafactories and all those type of things that he's done there behind the scenes or he and his team have done behind the scenes. Mm -hmm. Very different, right. To what is, what is meta truly want to be. They want to be like a, a, a universe, right. For people to be able to experience virtual reality. Right. So or, here's, let's say a different reality. I don't say right. A, yeah. A different, no, yeah, I think you get it right. I mean, you get it right. Um, yeah. So I think a different thing too, and I know this is kind of we could be going off the rails a little a little bit for our conversation because uh, I know we have some. You got to get yeah. some funding, so we're gonna we're gonna make sure to keep this you know in line, so we're not rolling too far uh, time wise. We know we know we're the perfect pod for your jog. You're like, uh oh, C talks out. I can get this 20, 30 minute jog in, and we good. You're not expecting to be out there for an hour, but if you are, we're just helping your cardio out. We're helping your fitness. That's why we're here. So my next thing to this is when it comes to the IP, when you when it comes to what they're doing at Meta, I don't know how familiar you are with Web 3.0 or you know the Web mm -hmm. Web 2.0 to Web 3.0. So just to highlight it for people, what Web 2.0 is currently the time frame that we're in right now. It's yeah. the content creation. It's the centralization and storage of your of that information, uh, whether if you're using Instagram, whether if you're using Facebook, now Meta, whether if you're using uh, something on Amazon. But all of that is stored. It's trying to make it a little bit easier for you using algorithms and AI to deduce what you're trying to either search for for shopping or your or your keystrokes for your paper that you're trying to research. And so it can be it's predictive analytics on what you you might be searching for. But in a Web 3.0 version. It changes from being a content sharing and, and collection into the, your major agencies to being diversified and spread across different servers, different storage units so that your data is more protected and then it's not centrally stored. So there comes in the decentralized um, decentralized data storage, data, ser data servers, blah, 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 blah. So with that, I think Meta would ultimately and like the, the, meta, the Metaverse could be accomplished in a web 3.0 but do yeah. you see web a web 3.0 because it's on the horizon youtube appointed um gosh google appointed the their new ceo for youtube who's uh looks looks favorably into web 3.0 so obviously google sees what is coming down the road so how do you prepare yourself for that 
And these companies, the biggest thing that you can get from people using your product, obviously, is their information. And then using that for advertising, it goes back to ad dollars, but that goes away in a web 3.0. So with the future, which is most likely coming, if I don't know how, you know, these companies can, you know, can, can hold out or it might not come, but I, it seems like it's on the horizon for a new way to ingest the internet and to be able to connect with folks around the world. Do you see web 3.0 being broadly adapted and broadly accepted by the, the major companies meta being one to be able to take their products to the next level? Because I think that's where you're going to have to be able to adapt uh, whether if it was, you know, companies that we talked about on past pods or this metaverse VR space where you're trying to connect and have communities come in. So what do you, what are your kind of thoughts there uh, from a 3.0 standpoint? Do you think that it will not be adapted into these, these larger ventures and these future projects, or they can be like, Hey, this is what the world that, you know, it's going to be, you know, kind of come to. So we, not kind of come to, we'll come to, we, and we need to be able to have our platform on um, this new, you know, web technology. Yeah, Sorry, uh, a lot, yes, a lot. Like, no, it is. It, I can actually make it simple. Yes, I mean, Web three is here. I think the tough thing, and I've said it a couple of times in the last couple of pods, is trust and distrust. And I think a lot of people got Web three wrapped into the whole NFT, and because it, they're the fact the the like connectivity based factor of it, right? The ubiquity of it, the ability to your point to kind of own your own like assets and like own your own data or have access to your own data. There's a decentralized part of like what web three is. I think that's confused consumers into feeling like it's like a stick. Right. And I think a lot of NFTs and crypto and everything that we talked about that was, was, is a stick as well. Right. And there's so many parts of like crypto that are, that are real and true. And like, as you look forward and, think about like money right if you like go out of the country and not having to like deal with converting money if you were able to just have one like type of thing that we all kind of had right like our or the ability to you know one company that i think we both like for for a while right actually it's blank i'm blanking on the name right but being able to transfer money and in, in, into like oh we're still there <clears throat> stellar <clears throat> but you know yeah <laughs> yeah i ain't like, giving right, no financial like, advice to people but you know I'm just no i'm not not a financial not a financial advice there. Right. But yeah. And so like using Stellar, right. To be able to move money and then do different things like that. So I think, yes, like simply, yes. Web three is not only here, but is going to be the wave of the future. But the, I think the troubling thing that I've seen, let's call it the last eight, nine months, really since everything with FTX started, is distrust and distrust around a lot of these things when people start to say decentralized are like you can do this within this arena right web3 right. enables you to like all that type of stuff right and so i think that's going to be the the hard part is getting people like comfortable with what it means and what it looks like but no i mean i think there's now so many web3 studios and so many to your point like they're hiring to take us into web three, like bigger companies, they don't. Yeah. I know we just talked about meta losing money. They're not going to miss ultimately. Right. There's a reason why they make a lot of money. So, yeah, it's just, yeah. So yeah, it's, it's a good take on it. It's going to be interesting to see how things adapt on there, because if you're trying to get that truly interconnected, but protected world, um, because privacy is big. And, you know, if 
the data centers are, 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 you know, gigantic. I can't remember the exact name of Google's that's out there mm-hmm. in Seattle, um, up there in Washington. Some not, not Seattle specifically, but up there in Washington. But like, you know, if there's a there's an outage in, you know, Google's data center, X and X amount of companies are ultimately affected or your, or your data can be exposed in certain areas. So from a protection aspect, from being able to streamline, you know, server and storage usage, it's going to be very interesting to see how these companies position themselves when their basis of their business model has been to collect and then sell from a, from an ad standpoint, advertising um, standpoint. So yeah, it's just, uh, we got to, you know, wait and see, but you know, you're going to have the NBA on there. You're going to have the 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 Robloxes with the NHL and, uh, partnership as well. So all these companies are, are trying to, you know, hopefully gearing up for the future. Agreed. Yeah, totally agree. Um, so, yeah, it was good. I mean, that's uh, we went down, I think, an interesting. Um, we followed rabbit. the rabbit, followed the followed the white rabbit. Uh, as, great, as great reference. If you don't know that's from the Matrix, if you've never seen the original Matrix, you should go watch it. We got a couple funding rounds here to round us out after our large discussion. There, I believe it's actually just two. Yeah. So, uh, Fantasy Ahada has raised twenty million dollars in funding um, until now, so they're valued at one hundred thirty-five million dollars. So founded in 2020, the fantasy-based startup that offers fantasy cricket, fantasy football, fantasy kabaddi, fantasy basketball, and fantasy hockey um, uh, was able to lead a new round of funding, which they received $11 million, uh, backed by Florin Tree Advisors, also from Param Capital as well. Um, so super cool here. One of the highlights, uh, one that we typically, you know, kind of focus a lot of times U.S. or European based, but really cool here to highlight uh, Fantasy Ahada and the startup plans to utilize the funding to strengthen its position as one of the best fantasy sports brands in the country uh, and looks to launch a new brand that focuses on streaming content and analytics. Um, and then lastly, Javelin Sports, which is a Toronto based sports management app announced the closing of their first raise. They raised about a million dollars. They are uh, founded by Justin Ford and Coleman Chan. Uh, Apologies there on on if I messed that up there. The Fresh Capital will enable Javelin Sports to expand their reach globally and bring even more exciting features and opportunities to users through their app. So what they do is they revolutionize a a recreational sports scene by creating a one-stop shop for athletes looking to play volleyball in their community. Currently, they have a user base of about 40,000 players. Um, The app allows you to match with other local athletes, create private teams, and book facilities directly from your phone so super cool here we've seen these a couple times but awesome that javelin sports was able to raise uh like i said about a million dollars here to kind of build out and continue getting new users in uh to play volleyball and that rounds us out today Hope you all enjoyed the uh interesting there conversation just around uh kind of immersive experiences especially during this really fun um playoff time i hope you're enjoying the nhl and nba playoffs uh continue to rate subscribe like uh here on the podcast uh, you go also go to our youtube channel uh, and you can always follow myself at cmac and taylor at taylor mac 29 uh, so we appreciate you and we'll see you in the next edition of sports second line to see talk